0: And welcome everybody to the saint Seiya Cosmo cosmocast special edition i am your host ramses and per usual i am not alone here i have here a panel of the people who were at the knights of the zodiac panel at san diego comic-con and they're going to share their thoughts and like share their their experiences at the panel just to give their general thoughts as to what was going on with, with, uh, with the with the, themselves so going down the list from down to up i have here representing team um for that i got team manga mavericks i got here alum and lord uh, GTZ.
1: Hey everyone. Uh, excited to passionately burn uh, our cosmos with y'all and, and talking about St. Santa today. Same here, and also yes. somehow
2: survive Lum's terrible puns. Well, joke. I don't know if that was a pun, but <laughs> fine
0: joke. And in fi- hey, what's up? And finally, we have your t- representing team, Scarlet Rhapsody. We have Jared. Hey everyone,
3: Jared the Greek here. Glad to be having my first time on the CosmoCast. This is awesome.
0: So you, 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 um, you four gentlemen were in attendance at, at San Diego Comic Con for the Knights of the Zodiac panel. We discussed it, kind of, sort of, at during our show on um last episode, on episode sixteen. But we wanted to talk to the people who were actually in attendance at the panel. So uh, give us like a good, like I want to ask you guys like some general questions, and then you guys can like go off and talk about like what was what's more specific, what's what was going on. So um. Tell us a little bit, about, like like of uh, your uh, experiences overall, for yourself with with the panel itself. Like, well, how was like the room and like how was it full or tell us, tell us like that, that kind of detail. Okay, uh, team team mavericks, why, why, why don't you go first?
1: So my perception was, you know, as we were filling in the room, uh, it started off not being too full, maybe like a quarter full, but as the panel was going, uh, it started filling up, and so when I was You know, looking around at the end of the panel, I think it was it had gotten pretty full. So I think there was a pretty good turnout for the panel overall.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. Like, So I think the panel before that in that room was the Bill Nye the Science Guy panel. Yeah, it's a new show he's making with Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, so a very different type of audience. So I think a lot of people were leaving from that panel. So a lot of people were slowly trickling in. Yeah, and we will say that This, for me,
1: this was like the most I had to wait in a line to get into a panel, the entire con. And we were waiting for about 30 minutes in the line to get in the room. So there was a lot of turnout. Like the line did have to go out like inside outside the hall uh, into like kind of the outside area where they, you know, partition out and kind of manage the line. And I would say, you know, line management was pretty smooth, but like, you know, the line did end up being fairly long, which I think is good and indicative of a good turnout. Indeed.
0: All right, righty. So, Jared, what were what your general thoughts on, like how the how the environment was when you when you guys got into to it? Was it like the was full on your perception and all that stuff? Like, how was like that 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 stuff?
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, we got into the line relatively early on, uh, that while the Bill Nye panel was still going on, and we looked at him like oh okay this is kind of sad <laughs> because you know there was only like 10 in <laughs> line and then uh we were in, in the uh, the secondary line and then you know as the clock kept ticking towards the panel starting the line just goes doo, 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 just going <laughs> around the area uh and it was one of those strange things for me because i didn't know that they're they were working on a live action Nights of the zodiac project so for me i'm like well, you know, it's not gonna be that many. I mean, they're probably announcing, you know, a new dub cast for a, for the Netflix or something, you know, or we're gonna have some people from Viz talk about the manga. Like, I didn't realize what it was supposed to be because I didn't look at the program guide. I just saw the name of the panels. Like, oh, I'll go to that. And this hype person comes up in line and is trying to get everyone hyped up. And I'm like, why? Why are we trying to get all hyped up for? What's going on here? <laughs> and when I finally got seated, I looked up and I just saw that there were like eight name placards at the at the table. I was like, wait we don't need that many people for talking about like a Netflix dub. What was, was going on? And then, you know, before I knew it, you know, I look behind me and I just see the room is just, again, that line is filling up all the seats and more people are, are trickling in. And there was definitely some, some uh, hype for this uh, that I didn't expect to see because I thought this was a completely different panel than what it was. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. No, like, yeah, I mean, I feel, I was actually surprised at the turnaround because I also feel like awareness of the movie project was not too high. Like, I didn't think that many people would realize it was in production. Like, I had been following the news. Like, I remember, like, reporting on the news, like, when it came out, like, a couple years ago now they announced it in production. And then last fall is when they, like, announced the initial cast of people that were going to be starring in it and it was a total surprise to me though when i looked at the comic-con schedule and saw oh my god they're actually going to have a panel for the movie at the con but yeah anyway i was i was very surprised to see that oh my god because i they were, haven't been really doing much pr for the movie uh in the past couple of weeks or anything so i just noticing it on the schedule i was like oh my god they're, they're actually gonna have a panel for the movie here and I, they showed a lot more than uh, i was even expecting you know so i was very pleasantly surprised with this panel and uh, made me a lot more excited for the movie too
2: in general yeah it was a lot more uh competent than i expected <laughs> yeah no
3: oh, yeah definitely some surprises
0: um the, the obviously the panel started and the panel started with a pretty much a recap like you know introduction to the series to those who've never seen the series before And then we get to see a lot of the actors who are in the... A lot of the actors and a lot of the people behind the scenes of the movie itself, I believe, correct?
1: Yeah, like, on the panel, we had, like, the director of the project. We had the pair of writers who are working on the the project. We had, uh, like, the star, uh, the person who's playing uh, Sowery in the film, Madison. We had the person who, Diego, who is playing uh, mm-hmm. Nero, who is like n- named Nero in this film. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had, of course, like the stunt coordinator, who also was a stunt coordinator on Shang Chi, and has worked like extensively with like uh t- you know, ton of, like, big action celebs, like Jackie Chan Chan and The Rock, so yeah, Andy Chang was, like, a big get for this project and I think it really showed in, like, the working cut uh, clip of the film they showed, the act choreography, I I think it looks really good. Uh, Yeah, so. It was a pretty, pretty impressive
0: uh, lineup of people they brought on. All right. Um, Derek, were you familiar with any of the people that were were on stage?
3: Um andy uh, uh Chang was on that list of people I know um <laughs> because I love martial arts movies, so I've seen his work before I have both as a stunt man and a stunt coordinator and that got me pretty pretty hyped up to be honest, uh, especially when as as they said they showed the little working cut of uh, a fight scene, and I was looking at that going like this, this is what I want I, th- <laughs> If if the script is kind of meh, if the special effects are laughable, as long as this martial arts is caught at this quality with this intensity, this will be a fun B action movie. Uh, and And if they can get the special effects and acting to really, or script rather, and special effects to really where they need to be, this could be an amazing action movie. And just knowing you have that kind of talent for the stunts, Versus like, oh, here's my cousin Steve. He runs a karate studio in the valley. You know? (laughs) Like, you don't want that person, you know, coming up with your stunts. You want someone who knows how to do all these crazy moves and maneuvers and make sure every character has their own unique fighting style to make them stand out when they have to have the big battles. And that's that's great to Mm know.
1: Yeah. Like, that's my impression of it as well. It's like, and they mentioned that they, you know, they were really... Trying to figure out, you know, how to translate the action of Saint Seiya, the anime, you know, an animated action into live action. And kind of what they have, like, figured out or what they're trying to do is, like, they're focusing a lot on practical effects and a lot on the choreography and I think that's the right move. So like Andy Chang <clears throat> was mentioning, they were, they were really trying to think about, you know, to find a martial arts style that reflects, pe- you know, say his fighting style, the Pegasus meteor punch in a way that makes the action feel authentic. And I think that's going to go a long way in kind of like selling the action of the film and making it compelling. And you were also talking like they are tr- really focusing on storytelling through action, storytelling through the fighting. So I think that's a very smart direction as well.
0: So okay, yeah, and that's one of the, That's one of the things that I did notice. When 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 uh, that's one of the things I did notice. That's like a lot of people were were caught by surprise that 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 um that they were doing a lot of stuff. Andy Chang was doing a lot of stuff with uh, with the movie, and that he was um and, and that he was um like you can tell the enthusiasm was was, was at an at all time high. He showed off a like a like I wouldn't say like uh would we call it like, a demo reel. We call it can we can we we
1: a working cut, or sometimes yeah, stunt it, it stunt was still shot because,
3: like actual movie footage.
1: Yeah, um, it was directed like it, how it will be directed in the movie, and edited how it will be like edited uh close to the final cut. But a lot of the cut, you know, was with the stunt actors, uh, not with like the actual cast. So it was like kind of a test of like, you know, how is this going to look? How is this going to work? I think that's what they kind of created this clip for. So it's it's kind of a cool behind-the-scenes look at like them kind of figuring out the the look, feel, and flow of action in the movie.
3: And with the look of the scene, you can you can kind of guess where it's gonna take place in the movie because it looks like it's probably relatively early on. Um, and of course, it looks like you're gonna get a a big fun yeah over-the-top like, con- as it continues. Yeah,
1: like contextually, it seems to be Seiya fighting just some people in this gym um it seems that based on clips in the bts uh video that we got at the end of the movie he might be like kind of an underground like mma fighter uh when we see him at the start of the movie
0: Which so it might be him
1: like yeah yeah uh, and so actually like kind of the guy who's like kind of refereeing the fight is named cassia so there's kind of a nod to that there. Uh so yeah, I do think this is like kind of an early scene in the movie before he is even like caught on to the fact that oh you are actually a saint or a knight of Atina. That's they're gonna go away.
0: Okay. So from there we pretty much they pretty much they pretty much went, went around talking to talk to the actors like what was like their experiences working on the movie. So um Jared why, why don't you like lead us off on the on, on this part right here.
3: Well they had only two of the actors available because a lot of the others and, and we're talking like, you know, Sean Beam and of course uh, Mark Dacascos from Double Dragon. Uh, yeah, they're big there.
1: names. And then McKenna is filming It's yeah. not yeah. South Africa right now. So. One yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, But they did have a little clip. Uh, McKenna did provide a... Uh, what do you call it, Like a little footage from a cell phone of him talking about the experience. Yeah,
1: it sounded like he was like on set because you were hearing yeah. like voices and noises in the background. So it was the like, hey, can you record movies this clip
3: thing eight. for her to panel? Yeah. <laughs> but he really had a good look 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 I mean granted, we don't know what he looks like in the movie, but like just when I'm looking at his face, I'm like, yeah, that's that's a dude who could be who could be saya and yeah. you know, he definitely had the hype behind his words and stuff. I'm not sure if he's familiar or how familiar with the source material, but he definitely seemed to be going for it um uh, the one that surprised me actually was uh Madison uh, I don't even know if I can pronounce her last name. I feel so bad <laughs> Easman. easeman thank yeah. you yeah uh, who was talking about trying to like absorb as much of the material as possible before going into the movie to try to? Yeah, she like, only had
1: two weeks from casting to when she had to fly
3: out to <laughs> the try to the absorb time. as much episodes and manga <laughs> as she could. And I'm like, oh my gosh, your head must have like, been exploding by. <laughs> Did,
1: she mentioned she was asking a lot of like the production people questions just throughout about the series and the film and they were it was kind of annoying to them so yeah the director
3: uh made reference to that um mm-hmm. tomas uh v- Z- Why can i cannot pronounce any of these people's last names um uh, yeah they they made reference to there being a little bit of a what about this what about this okay so what is this supposed to you know and and like i like the fact that we had an actress who was really in that mindset of like no i really want to get this right i don't want to screw this up and you know a lot of people could probably have come into this project just thinking like oh this cartoon we're trying to live action huh okay yeah okay i'm a goddess okay got it um versus actually really understanding like how important this franchise is to so many people and to try to do their best, as opposed to, say, like, Dragon Ball Evolution, where clearly that doesn't right. take the place at all. I
1: mean, Dragon Ball Evolution was written by a guy who was, you know, not a fan of the franchise. He admitted flat out that he was just wrote it for a paycheck because he it was yeah. a big property, and he just kind of pulled, well, uh, I guess this is in here. I'll just make it, you know, standard Hollywood thing. Uh, And then, you know, it was, like, kind of rewritten further from there. And it was, like, clear, like, no fate in the actual Dragon Ball material. Mm. With this project, it's clear they're taking a lot of liberties with the story. But from everyone on the panel, they seem to really understand the appeal of the material. When the writer team was talking about it, they talked about, you know, they absorbed a lot of the franchise. You know, they talked about how much there is. And they talked about how they kind of came to the understanding that a lot of the people say it's like you know they're a really epic fights but also the people who are doing the fighting all come from really uh interesting backgrounds a lot of them are undergogs who are really just trying to kind of fight to find like a place in the world and so it, they seem to really hone in on that aspect and want to explore that in Seiya's character and his background as like an orphan who's like separated from his only family as a kid uh, and having to kind of learn to form new connections when he's roped into being uh, a knight in particular so i thought that they had a good understanding of the material and then also kind of a thematic and emotional true line to put into the film that sounds very promising. And then all the actors also sound like they understood their characters. Like Madison sounds like she understands like that, you know, adina sorry, she has like the weight of the world uh oldest responsibility behind her, but at her heart she is still also like a teen girl who kinda wants to be able to express that freely, uh and live that freely. And then, of course, Diego talking about Nero. Yeah,
3: and and yeah. there's a lot of anime where that tends to be the case. And, you know, the fact that you actually an actor talking about that like that, I don't see him as a villain. I see him as this complicated guy who's trying to do things, do the right thing from his point of view. And I was like, right. Yeah, that's that's how I want. Yeah, to, uh, look, you can have your Frieza type villains, you know, <laughs> just to go back to Dragon Ball real quick who are just basically "mu ha ha I will conquer the, the universe." But a lot of anime have those characters yeah. who are like, well, this guy is an entirely like murder spree maniac. This character is fighting for what they believe is correct.
1: Right. I mean, Iki was the subject of a lot of injustice. So, you know, he <laughs> you know goes he lashes out in a, in a pretty violent way in that first arc, but, you know, he does still kind of have a noble heart, which, you know, we see through the rest of, of the series. So it's good that Diego, like, really recognized that uh, from the material. And uh, that it's, it sounds promising that he says that in the third act, we're going to see that complexity to his character in the film. And I appreciate his quote that, like, like Nero, I like a good challenge of like playing a, a more complex character, like, like Icky or Nero, rather, in this film.
0: Okay, so, like yeah, like I said, Iki will, will, will. it's interesting that he's, that we were in position with Iki that um, he, like, in three goes, he looks like he, he kind of understood the material with Iki. With I'm going to refer to him as Iki, not a lot of people are going to call him Nero, but he's Iki to me, Shut up. Yeah, it's just gonna take
1: some adjustment for me to call these characters by their new, uh, Anglis in new name renames. Uh. Ang-
0: Anglis, yeah, but I'm um, going, going on, yeah, like that was one of the general impressions that we got from seeing a lot of the, um, stuff from the, um, from, from a lot of stuff from the reports that it's like everybody seems to be, everybody, on, everybody seems to be like really on board with what they're doing. And like usually it's like they're, it looks like they're not really like half assing any of it. Which is a comforting thing to. Um, this is very comforting to know because it's like I think that 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 enthusiasm. Even if you, we weren't there to there to experience it firsthand, when I saw like the reports coming from like the, from Twitter from you guys and from like everybody else I've been reading about, we've um, I can I can tell at the from the actors who Andy Chang to everybody else, they are um, there's a there's an inherent enthusiasm like they really want to make this like they really want to make like the best Saint Seiya thing they can ever do and. Yeah you, yeah, you guys mentioned Dragon Ball Evolution, and that was one of the first things that, that, that popped into my mind when I first started seeing this project being being um, being being done. As a matter of fact, the first uh, it wasn't even that that came to my mind. It was the, one of the earliest things One of the ones that came to my mind was the Fist of the North Star live action movie with uh <laughs> oh with, uh, God, with Gary, with Gary with Gary Daniels and uh, oh my God, uh, Downtown Julie Brown, Rufio from Twelve. Rufio's in there, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's a, that's a whole different discussion
3: the one thing I was going to point out and that none of us have really brought up is that one of the people up there was a representative of toy animation.
1: Yeah. The pro- he's the producer on he's a the producer, film. Yeah. A toy rep.
3: And talked yeah. about how they, they rejected a script after rejected script after rejected script. Cause they wanted, yeah. they wanted this to not be like the other things, you know, we've talked about here. And
1: they really learned their lesson from evolution. Like they talked that this project hasn't been in development for like a decade. And <laughs> it took until uh, they Landed on like the two writers who've written the film script here. That they really found the story that really seemed like it got Seiya. It felt like Seiya.
3: And and there's something comforting about knowing that someone from the animation studio is there, and in the mindset of like, no, we're not going to screw this up. And Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know if I can think of another anime. A uh, live action project, and I'm not going to count like uh, you know some of the stuff that was made in Japan, but I mean like stuff made by you know kind of other countries, where they had someone that closely involved that they would be there at the panel at Comic Con to talk about no, or making sure that this is Saint Seiya and not generic fight man um, versus monsters.
1: Yeah, and. Not always does that mean necessarily that the film will end up completely fateful because... You know, with the Ghost in the Shell film, uh, like Mamoru Oshii, you know, was like, in, you know, involved, like they had him on set to see what was going on. And he was like, actually enthusiastic about what they were doing with it. And, you know, we know, you know, we all know how that film turned out. I don't yeah. want to remember but that film. We are seeing more of a trend of like, with these new live action anime properties, they are trying to make sure that the Japanese uh, creative side is involved and they are overseeing the process. So we're seeing that with Saint We're also definitely seeing that with One Piece or Hiroda and of course, the Toei uh, team is also very heavily involved uh, in what is uh, happening with that project and how it's developing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things I've been hearing too from the from, from like all the reports that um, that you know Kurokuma was very was heavily involved with it. He was very very like he, he he was very selective about what what was being what was being done and stuff like that. Especially after like. Around the same time that the that we started seeing the news for the um, when we started getting more and more information for the live action movie heading towards towards Anime Expo and all, all that stuff like with the big reveal reveal the second season of the series we started seeing a lot more stuff like what Kuro model was 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 more hands on heading towards the next season of that of that of the show which is currently going to be airing um, this Sunday on. Crunchyroll, and also like i'm pretty sure too because he saw like how things were going on with that um with that cgi show i'm very mm-hmm. sure he had a little bit more more of a saying as to like what will be um what was uh as to, like what will what be used and stuff like that and what what, what wouldn't be used and you know what, what can what can be what can what they should be and what shouldn't be done and stuff like that so i think um so so it's good to see that there's a lot of um that, that, that there's a lot of input coming from not not just from the creative, but, but not just from the creator side, but also from like the people who are like who actually are making the series themselves to keep things consistent with, with what's going on with like all the other projects as well.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like you know they really want this project to be a big success. Like I believe that uh, in a recent like press release, it was like they talked about, oh, they want this to be the start of like a six film franchise that's a lot, uh, a lot of that they're, they're trying, trying to get <laughs> off the ground so you know they have big ambitious plans for it so
0: so they, they continue to talk about like you know they continue to talk a lot about like what was going on behind the scenes with the movie and stuff like that and like not not really getting more details into into like, the actual story and stuff like that so but did, did they yeah. say anything about the story like,
1: what we can glean about the story is that it seems that you know, it's going to start off, or with like this glimpse of like you know, Seiya's sister being taken away from him as a kid. It seems that in this version of the film, Seiya is not like raised since childhood to be a a saint or a knight of Fatina. Rather, you know, he kind of grows up as an orphan, and then in his teen years, he's like reached out to. Uh, and and discovered and roped into becoming a knight, and then he's kind of reluctant to do it and work alongside the rest of the team, but then grows into that, and then it seems to be, like, kind of an adaptation of the Black Saint Sark, and then, you know, Iki being, like, kind of the primary villain of it. Um, And then, yeah, uh, basically... That seems to be that you know it kind of reminds me kind of uh, a little bit of a role reversal of what what, hap- what kind of the setup was in the C G Saint Seiya film Legit of Sanctuary where it kind of mm-hmm. was like Saori just suddenly discovers that oh you're a Tina uh, and she's kind of you know roped into like the bigger cause by saying the knights. In this case, it seems like the opposite's gonna happen where is now on the side of being discovered by uh, Tina and his fellow knights and joining the cause that way.
2: Yeah, I think the other thing, too, they said is, like, it's going to be very much character-driven around Seiya. Yeah.
1: I mean, they're really focusing on him as Braggard, which he is the protagonist. But it seems like they are really going to be centering his arc. So we don't really know much about, like, how the other, like, core bronze boys are going to really factor into this. But it seems like this, you know, central relationship is going to be between Seiya and uh, Sienna, you know, it's going to be because they also, you know, Madison emphasized a lot of, like mm-hmm. Sienna's character arc in the film and her feelings about having the weight of the world and also just wanting to be a teen girl in that conflict. And then, of course, like it's emphasized like, oh, Seiya and uh, Sienna, you know, they start to go kind of feelings for each other, but it's forbidden for uh, a knight and a goddess to, to fall in love. Oh. So that's going to be an aspect of the <laughs> film, I guess. <laughs> Uh, the bright
2: said, "We'll have lots of McKinney on screen." I'm always yeah, in favor of that. Yeah, you know that—that's a plus at least.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so expect a, a little bit of a, a love story tease between Sayan and Tina in the film.
0: Um, Jared, um, yep. since you you're you you have like little, very little experience with the actual franchise. What was the general impression you got from the um, from, from the story things they were describing to them to, uh, describing, to describing to the fans at the panel?
3: Uh, they were being relatively vague with stuff, even saying character names. They were sometimes being vague, which I thought was a little odd. I thought you'd want to go and say, and by the way, those of you who are expecting, yes, yeah, Seiya will be teaming up with that and Da and um and we're going to see the three of them fight against that and that and, and there was nothing like that. You know, they occasionally said things. I think when they mentioned uh, Sean Bean, they said the name of the character he was going to play. Yeah. Uh, and if, and a few things like that, But they're being really cagey about stuff, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing on the one hand i think if i was a bigger fan of the franchise i'd like them to just say hey we're going and adapting the such and such arc obviously that's too big to put into one movie but we're, gonna, we're gonna have to cut some corners but don't worry we're keeping the heart of the story blah 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 and then i'd go okay i can see where they're going with this but it's really odd like even the writers didn't you were very like like if someone was just like a sniper was just aiming at them and they're like okay we just need to say this." The things we can't tell them the plot points or what other characters show up. And I'm like, like, but guys, it looks like you guys are mostly done filming at this point. I I could use a character list because. Yeah, let's just say hypothetically tomorrow I decided to start reading the manga. And then, you know, maybe I want to know that character list and maybe I want to know what arc it is. So maybe I'll bum rush through the manga to try to get to that arc and go, oh, OK. And then when I see it, maybe I'll be angry because they cut too much out. Or maybe I'll be like, oh, OK, I see what they did. Yeah. I would have no when it's a bunch of floating question marks. You know, there's only so much excitement you can build out of that. And as excited as I am about the stunt work, I still something story would be nice, or some form of like trailer where I could see what the special effects are going to look like would be awesome as well.
2: Yeah, it was yeah. interesting that we didn't have any sort of teaser that used finalized footage. No, it's all BTS that we got at the end. It was all like chips of on set stuff,
1: which you could glean some context ideas from that, but you can't like, it did not give a whole lot away. Like, you know, I, I had someone in my mentions, they like, asked me, hey, did they show, like, Seiya in the armor? Because they did mention like, uh, the director told me, like, he mentioned that, oh, his favorite moment during the production was like, seeing the scene where like, Seiya and his, ar- donning his armor for the first time came together. But, you know, we don't actually see that uh, any glimpses or hints of that, like, in the panel or in the BDS footage. So they're, they're keeping a lot of stuff mum. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's also some stuff that was not really made explicit in the panel that we kind of have learned from, like, recent press releases or uh, old Hollywood Reporter press releases. Like, you know, Sean Bean is playing Al Mankito, right? So he's playing uh, Sienna's grandfather. He's the person who recruits Seiya into the Knights. The and then we know that, like, in the film, Nero uh, is trying to, to kill Sienna, and he's been hired by someone. So... Yeah, we know a lot of that stuff, uh, but they didn't like go into too much detail.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I've noted, one of the things that like he and I fans started seeing because like they did post the video, Toy did post the video, and then they immediately removed the video because I think they were starting to reveal too much. They saw the storyboard at the very beginning of that panel. Uh, they saw that that storyboard and it started showing off a little bit more more details about the story itself. Yeah, they had stuff. Um, uh, it, had, it starts. It starts telling you a little bit more details like about what the what the characters are, and we can surmise that. Franca Jasmine's character, if you guys seen the CGI series, she she would be playing the the Gerard uh, Vander Gerard character type character in that in in, mm-hmm. in that. So she's gonna be that role in the in the series that's seen from the in the movie. Judging from like what they're seeing from the behind the scenes and Another thing you guys brought up was was with the um was when you guys said like what, what about as armor? We did see it. But unfortunately, it was blackened out. So that was another mm-hmm. thing that 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 a lot of King fans were like, "Why would they black that out?" And we can see that it looks sort of, kind of like his ver- like the version that the um, they wore in the, in the Legend of the Sanctuary movie. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was all blurred out, and you can tell too. that like they're blurring out certain details. And when I get to the, when we get to some stuff at the very end, I have some like you know I'm gonna repeat the same thing that we said at the panel that we said on our show, but like you know. We have we, we have some strong thoughts about that, and we are pretty much gonna have to echo a lot of those thoughts. But you're pretty to pretty much to put it suffice, we, it's, we're gonna echo a lot of the same thoughts that, that you guys are saying as well. Uh, so yeah, when we get to like I think like we're hay- I think we're heading towards the end of that, that panel. So Garrett, uh, why don't you guys do like the behind the scenes footage that you guys saw, right in that second video?
3: so they had a little intro i believe that was the mark to section where he the yeah. uh, hey we're really excited i'm on set somewhere else and you could tell because he kept getting interrupted by other sounds <laughs> yeah. <It was> great <laughs> uh and then they got gotten the video the video looked pretty cool a lot of martial arts footage a lot of people you know kind of running around a lot of hard hmm. to piece the context together i think if i was a uh, you know, more immersed in the world of Saint Seiya, I'd be able to say, oh, that looks like the such-and-such such temple, or that looks like the da-da-da. But I couldn't really make out any of those things other than there's one place that clearly looks like some sort of fighting ring or arena. Yeah. Uh, it was the only place I could really kind of make out as an actual location. It looked really exciting, and again, it was showing off more of the the stunt work, which looks to be a real key focus in this movie.
1: Yeah, I would definitely concur with that. And... Yeah, I'm actually kind of re-reviewing the BDS video right now. It's still up on, publicly on IGN China's YouTube channel. Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if anyone hasn't gotten a chance to check it out yet, you definitely head there and get a good glimpse of it. It was pretty cool. Like, you know, they set it to Pegasus Fantasy. So that, you know, was another little hype factor to it. But, yeah, like, that. those clips of you know, McKinney say like fighting in like that fighting ring. That's what makes me believe that oh yeah he's either like starting out as like, an underground MMA fighter in his or this is like meant to be kind of a reimagined version of the tournament at the beginning of the series. Even though the opponent that he's fighting does not look like any of the the saints. So I, I that's why I don't necessarily think that's what it is. So but yeah, mm-hmm. we see a lot of like shots uh in order of shooting, shooting like, kind of, a, like, a rocky plane area uh, in one scene, we have, like, kind of a sh- you know, a look at, like, some scene where, like, Sean Bean uh, is, like, in a car going somewhere, you know, and it's, you know, it's like a car make mock-up. Yeah, it's like a car mock-up, too, so it's not, like, a real car. Well, yeah, yeah,
3: that's right, I yeah. remember that, going, like, oh, well, that's gonna need to be CG'd. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, we have like Madison is like riding a motorcycle uh, in one scene. Like we have like uh, the character you're mentioning, earlier, like kind of the more like kind of military business tycoon type woman. Like I think we see some uh, some shots of her like having a meeting uh, and, like some. Yeah, and that's, some, that's a
0: character. That's a char- and that's a character that that already that it's almost confirmed at this point. That that is like the Vander Garard character. At like Frank of
1: Jasmine is playing. Yeah. Uh, and so we have like a lot of different snippets of various We have a scene like that's clearly as like Seiya as a as a kid. Like I think practicing mm. with his sister. Which is uh, kind of a cute like little clip to show. We have like, a lot of People, like, kind of directing McKinney and the other actors, you know, just kind of some cute interactions between people instead of, like, just kind of smiling and having a good time. Uh, Interacting against, like, Greensky, and it kind of ends with, you know, McKinney, like, kind of punching directly into the camera. Uh, So I don't know if that's, like, going to be actual shot in the movie, (laughs) or is this, like, kind of a fun, like... BTS clip where he was like just practicing just go a punch. He full, Hercules,
3: Legendary <laughs> like, Journeys, the, the punches yeah. of the camera. Or He-Man, whatever one you prefer. They both did it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a, a lot of fun clips. That, again, uh, like Jared said, I think that showing off the action choreography is like kind of what is the most interesting, appealing part of it and that got me really excited for it. Uh, and then just seeing some kind of the stud work and like a lot of the practical sets and effect is also really nice to see. You know, because you don't want it to be like an old CG kind of setting uh, and and like everybody is like CG'd up and stuff. Uh, So it's nice to see that they're really leaning into a lot of practical stuff.
2: Yeah, it really drives home the point of what they were saying earlier in the panel about how they're trying to focus more on practical as opposed to CG too. So it's kind of good to see that in like actual video. And you're so right about that
1: storyboard in the beginning. I really got to study that later to see what I can link from that. But we do see like on a big wall, a lot of different sequences that have been laid out, uh, for different scenes, like, uh, different parts of the film, that I guess they were filming all on the same day, which is how you, how you film a film, you don't do it in chronological order, you do it, like, by location, <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty cool, um, and, yeah, like, I, I thought that the, it was a really fun clip to watch at the moment, and really fun to, like, kind of go back and study it, too, so... Yeah. Again, I think that in terms of like overall plot details, uh, we're still kind of a little vague on it. But we got the general sense, I think, from the panel and based on what we have learned in previous press releases and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's coming it's together pretty interestingly, I think.
0: All right. All right, so um, so let's let's close off with your so let's close off with you guys, with uh, everybody's thoughts on the on the actual panel itself. So um, so overall, how did you how did you guys enjoy the panel overall? Why don't we start off with the Team Manga Mavericks? Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about uh, how you guys felt overall with the panel?
1: I really enjoyed it. I mean, V Lord, what,
2: what do you feel? Like you're also someone not too familiar with Seiya. I feel cautiously optimistic based on what they showed. I felt like the panel itself it made me more confident about having a live-action version of Saint Seiya, hmm. And I think, especially the amount of emphasis they had on showing practical action was really cool. Because, like, I feel a lot of, like, movies that are like this would not actually go through that effort of doing that.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of my feeling, too, is that the enthusiasm and the dedication, the effort of casting crew on stage about the project came across very clearly uh, and made me feel like okay so this is in the hands of people who really care about doing a good job really care about understanding the material and communicating it it is very clear that the story is taking liberties from the material it's going to be a reimagined story so don't expect too much like faithfulness in that way but I think that it is going to be faithful to the spirit of Saint yeah, Seiya and status what they're going for and it is assuring that like a lot of people on staff you know they are like big uh, Seiya fans like the producer Ikazawa was on the panel you know was a Seiya fan since childhood Andy Chang was a of fan since childhood people who weren't Seiya fans since childhood have done the effort to like read and watch as much of the series as possible to understand it So, yeah, I I think that it looks like it's going to be a solidly good action film and an interesting adaptation of Saint Seiya, uh, even with it taking liberties. I think that it'll hopefully turn out, I'm optimistic it'll turn out better than previous Hollywood attempts at, at live action anime adaptations that seem to either ignore or be indifferent to... The, what the spirit of the original source material was?
2: Yeah, I mean, I can okay. see this definitely being a, a a Battle Angel Alita tier. Yeah, edition.
1: you know, if it can turn out to be an Alita level, you know, film, that would be amazing. That that's kind of the gold standard right now. Yeah, Alita, yeah. Alita, um, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow is also very good. Another film that is, like, very different from the source material, but, like, yeah. just a really good film uh, and, at, and yeah. a, a good adaptation in spirit. So if it can be along those lines, I think it will be a really, really good time. Totally. All
0: right. um, Derek, you, um, you, I know you ha- like have very little experience with the franchise, so overall, you from your perspective, being kind of, like, not, not quite the fish out of water, but someone that's, like, a little less experienced with the franchise. How do, you, how do you feel overall with the with the movie itself and the panel itself?
3: Well, the panel itself was a bit of a roller coaster ride for me because I went from, like, the, oh, well, this is, you know, like I said earlier and thing, oh, they're doing a new dub for Netflix or whatever. And then, you know, this live-action movie, I'm like, ugh, I roll, oh, good, another anime adaptation. I'm sure it'll be just as good as Death Note. Um... And then, you know, as it went on and they're showing me the stunt footage and I'm realizing some of the talent behind the scenes, I'm like, you know what, this this could be good. And and as I said earlier, I'm like, you know, if at the very least we're going to get some pretty, assuming it's shot well, really awesome, like hand to hand combat, you know, martial arts scenes. And, you know, if we, they can get the special effects, if the acting and story is up there, you know, it could be a really, really enjoyable action movie. So I kind of wanted, it kind of reminded me of another thing that happened to me recently, and I'm just going to try to make this story as quick as possible. An Anime Expo, uh, I, w- I got to go to the Gundam VIP event. And the very end of it, they had some of the people from the Gundam live-action movie come up. They basically showed off some um, conceptual artwork. And it wasn't what they showed off that bothered me, because all of it looked like decent fan art, you know? <laughs> What bothered me was when the guy was going like, yeah, here's one of my favorite units, Barbatos. It'd be so cool to see Barbatos fighting Freedom just to see who was better. And as soon as I heard that, my brain went like, no, you you don't get Gundam at all. Gundam is not about let's murder each other and robots. Gundam is about all these other things. Because the guy guy reference like, yeah, like, you know, I like the Aethemes team. I like this one. I like that one. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't think you get it. I I think you're missing on here. And this is going to turn into let's just get all the toys and throw them at each other. And then whatever toy is still standing at the end wins. And that's not what Gundam is supposed to be. And I was so angry by the end of that, of realizing that, like, good, we got got one of my favorite franchises and it's in the hands of people who have no idea what the hell they're doing. It's exactly what I want. Yes, I can't wait for this to be uh, a quality movie like Pacific Rim 2 or Robot Jocks. Oof, I'm sorry, no Robot God. Jocks. You're awesome. I apologize. <laughs> but when I went to this one, I went from the eye, the, the eye roll kind of thing into like, the, you know what? I think I'll enjoy this just as a, at very least, a dumb action martial arts movie. And I know that the Gundam one, I don't think I can enjoy it as robots smashing into each other at high speed because I don't like the Michael Bay Transformers movies Mm -hmm. because I wanted the character and I wanted the the drama and and the issues that, that really separated the Autobots and Decepticons to be at the forefront, not here's some humans and now toys hitting each other. And that's what I feel like. The Gundam one's going to be versus this, where I'm like, you know what? There's some awesome talent behind this. This could be a really fun movie. Um, in an interview I did after the panel, I referenced that you know uh, I was excited to see Mark DeCasas because of because Double Dragon. The movie was part of my childhood, and it was. And that's a movie where a lot of people say it's intrinsically bad, but it's a it's an action comedy, and it does its job serviceably. the The bad guys are chewing the scenery like there's no tomorrow. Uh, there's some decent matte paintings in there. There's that, that boat chase is really well done. And there's even some fun, you know, actual martial arts when they allow the characters to actually martial arts and not, you know, do Home Alone pranks. And the thing is, I can sit down and watch Double Dragon whenever, partially because, again, I was a kid, but also because I just want to watch something fun and turn off my brain and eat some popcorn and watch a couple of guys do some, some karate kicks on some bad guys. And I, I felt that like at the very least, that's how this movie will fall into that category for me, where I'll just... Go, oh, I'm going to throw on Saint Seiya. I want to watch some cool, you know, people kick each other in the face and then scream out uh, the name of their special attack as they finish someone off. And you know that can be fine. But if we're lucky, as as uh, as the others said, um, if this can be at Elita level, that would be amazing. And I think that would make a lot of Seiya fans happy. I'll say at the very least, just going to this panel made me want to actually get into Seiya more, so that I feel better prepared for watching the movie as opposed to just coming in blind and going like. Oh man, that was cool when, when like silver armor guy was fighting like red armor guy. You know, <laughs> like, I actually want to know the characters' names and and stuff.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I'm pretty sure you've seen me like you've you've heard my 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 madman rant every time whenever we met up and stuff like that. Whenever I talk in depth about my love for thing to you're like, okay, uh huh, uh-huh, yeah, sure, uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh. So, like, yeah, I mean, I th- thankfully the the manga going to be more readily available. They're gonna start the second season of the CGI show, so there's gonna be options coming. Uh, yeah, so um, and then uh, since you guys, since you guys just rolled in both, you both the, your thought, your final thoughts on both the, the movie and like everything else. Um, is there like, like I guess I should, should I, I guess I should ask you guys like, what's like your biggest concern going to the movie, uh, um, going the, in, into the movie with no, now knowing all the stuff that you guys saw at the, at the panel?
1: Uh, I guess the love triangle aspect, you know, it's something I'm gonna be skeptical of of like how what direction they push like a relationship between say uh and sienna uh so hopefully the the romance aspect is done well and it's not kind of like too standard teen drama-y in a way that feels kind of like trite but uh yeah I, that's kind of the one thing that i'm like skeptical of of in terms of like the the plot premise of the movie
3: um jerry i'm coming from a different perspective And, you know, when they try to do a story arc or what have you into a movie, it usually gets a lot of things rushed. And my biggest fear would be Avatar The Last Airbender, the movie where we took a whole season and tried to wedge it into a movie in the worst possible way. And you lose a lot of the characterization. You lose a lot of the why are we here now? We just get some voiceover going like then we travel to this city. Then we travel to this city. You're like, okay, cool, that's not how stories work. And I'm a really afraid of that, of the whole, like, oh, we get a decent introduction of Seiya, and then he becomes a knight, and then it's just like the rush, 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 rush. final battle over, and I go, oh, right. oh wait, why was he fighting that dude again? What I was mean, the deal?
1: yeah, like, that's, I think, the problem I, I had with Legend of Sanctuary, is that it tried to do the entire Sanctuary arc in a 90-minute movie, which is, like, that's a arc that's, well, like, yeah. s- volumes. I mean, if you count the beginning of the series, they basically adapted 13 volumes of the manga in a 90-minute movie. Oh, and I'm it's sure. like, you know, uh, there are sequences in the movie, I think, like, the first uh, third of it is very strong, and then, like, there are some th- parts of it, that are starting, but otherwise it just, like, bam, 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 it's just blasting through all these battles, and uh, we're not really getting too much characterization out of a lot of these support, the supporting characters, so that's a big fear, Is like, oh, we don't, <laughs> I, I hope they would abstain from that, and that's where I think that not being so faithful to the source material might actually be a benefit to the movie, so, you know, basically from what it sounds, the premise is that they're, it, they're really kind of rehauling the story to adapt it As a film, it's not like a direct one-to-one adaptation of the beginning of the series uh, and the Black Saints arc. So in that way, and also it sounds like they are paring down the cast to centralize it on Seiya and Sienna. So in that way, that has me a little more uh, feeling more uh, confident in terms of like pacing wise. It's not like just trying to do too much at once, but really trying to focus on character. Uh, development first.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, like, staying my concerns, I think my only thing besides what you guys have mentioned would be uh, how the special effects are going to look in this movie. Yeah. Because the fact that they haven't shown any finalist footage just kind of makes me worry that maybe there's a
1: reason for that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're just early on in post production, so they just don't have that finalized yet. I mean, they say this movie's going to come out next year. We don't really have a concrete timetable of when that will be. We don't know if that's gonna be summer or fall. So it sounds like, you know, they're still kind of early on and trying to make that stuff work, which is why, like, we also didn't see, like, a finished clip of the movie. We saw, like, a, a working test cut of the movie, of a scene from the movie in, the, in this panel. So... Yeah, I, I'm definitely curious of like how the CG is going to come together, and I really hope they don't just completely CG uh, the, uh, the armors. Like, they, I hope they build <laughs> practical armors because it sounded, you know when the
3: director was talking about seeing um, uh, the, arm, the, the the shooting the shot while they're you know donning the arm, armor the first time. Yeah, I'll assume the armor is practical armor. Um, yeah, hopefully,
1: <laughs> based, based on what that sounded like, yeah, that makes me hopeful for it. Like, I don't want like a tour lover and thunder situation where it's like James' helmet is like a CGI thing and it's
2: very distracting, or the CG like eye mask and Green Lantern. Yeah. yeah, oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> oh lord, yeah. And I was that was going to be one of my concerns I was going to bring up, but like, I was going to ask you guys, like, you, you guys think showing no completed footage. Compared to like what was also being shown at the same time, which was they were showing a lot of stuff at the Marvel panel, of like completed stuff and completed footage, and like like then announcing all this, all these other things all around. You know, you think that like comp- like when when it's up against that, like I know it's like it's out with the Orange. but do you think with them only presenting like the behind the scenes footage, or stuff like that? You think that was like a, a huge detriment to like the actual like presentation to to the to the movie itself, or do you guys think that it was a wise idea for them to hold off on on well. that stuff? Here's
3: the thing. One, Disney has enough money to rush the CG work done on a clip to show someone a yeah. clip or for a trailer or whatever. And hopefully that isn't some of the final CG because some of those trailers.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, they may have shown like, quote unquote, completed thing, but that doesn't mean it necessarily looks good. And yeah. actually, there's been a whole conversation recently about how poorly the VFX artists... Uh, and CG artists on these oh, yeah. Marvel productions treated, have been ter- traded. Yeah. Just uh, terrible pay, ridiculous overtime and schedules. So it's like, uh, you know.
3: I think the biggest uh, challenge Knights of the Zodiac is going to face in theaters is going to come down to when it comes out. Because they really need to be mm-hmm. smart about not making sure this isn't going up against, you know, uh, John Wick for... Or for the next Marvel uh, film. Yeah. Or any... Even it, the Marvel stuff might not be as popular as it was. But it still brings and they're still making videos. $100 million weekends. Yeah. So So it's one of those things where it depends where it goes in. But I, I get the feeling if they can get a nice, you know, I hate to call it a drought zone, but like, like how September usually is kind of a calm time for movies. They could come in there and yeah. be like the action movie of September or the action movie of October. That would be a really smart move because people might check it out just going like, oh, I don't know what the Knights of the Zodiac is, but dude, the... These guys look badass in this fight scene in this trailer. Hopefully we get, a, you know, a cool trailer. And that would be their smartest move. Try to try to find that that zone where there's not as many movies strike there. Get it get the, you know, obviously the fans to probably hopefully show, up, but then also see if you can get, you know, martial arts aficionados or people who just want a cool fun action movie, you know, in there which is really gonna require a good trailer and the special effects looking on points because we've seen with trailers that the special effects don't look good it already starts turning people off I and mean, that goes back to like 2015 2016 where people looked at stuff and were like oh god that those special effects look terrible the movies be garbage you know it's always that whole don't judge a book by by its cover but that's what, exactly what we do with trailers and honestly it's kind of on the shoulders of the studio to release a trailer that makes us excited That doesn't show off bad special effects. Uh, And so hopefully they can avoid those pitfalls and it'll do very well. Assuming, you know, again, quality script and quality special effects.
1: All right. All right. So, uh... oh, no, I, I also agree with that. That release schedule is going to be very important for the success of the film. They want to give their production team enough time to make sure the film looks as good as possible without, like, rushing it or cutting corners. And they also want to be very smart with their release strategy. And I definitely would agree that a late summer, early fall release for an action film is usually a very good period because that tends to be kind of a dry period from the big tent-pulled blockbusters. And so we're kind of seeing, like, a smart programming strategy with, like, Dragon Ball Super Super Superhero coming out mid-August, you know, well enough away from Mm -hmm. Tor, Love, and Thunder and the other big films that came out in July. I think that would also be a smart uh, programming place for, you know, Saint Seiya to also come out in, like, mid-late August or early September also, a good distance away from what we already know to be the the release calendar of next year's big tentpole movies.
0: All right, all right. So, any closing thoughts from the from about the panel itself? So, why don't we start off with Team Manga Mavericks? What would what you guys' final thoughts on the actual panel itself, and any any closing thoughts in, in general about like the Saint Seiya project itself?
2: Yeah,
1: I think we've kind of outlined uh, a lot of our thoughts. Uh, for me, I thought the panel itself is very enjoyable. I appreciate it again. Everyone's like anecdotes about the film, which you know we didn't go over, but there was a lot of very funny anecdotes. Oh about yeah, it.
2: like but can't you falling
1: asleep in the hotel. Yeah, while the fire alarm like he went just off? sleeping through a fire alarm that just was <laughs> blaring for an hour long and got everyone else to evacuate <laughs> the rooms, so and he just completely slept through it. That was very funny. That Diego,
0: that man was meant to play. Um, that man was meant to please all Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: Totally. exactly. Such as our. And also, like, Diego, like, eating Tyson's pizza the first day on set. And, like, he said that, oh, I ate her pizza. And she was, like, insisting that, oh, no, you stole it. <laughs> was, so I thought the cast. catch really fun, funny interaction with each other. So it was very enjoyable and entertaining just to, to sit through and hear their thoughts and experiences on the project. And, uh, you know, again, the, their enthusiasm for it also gives me more confidence in the project. So,
2: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah no problem um so yeah i guess like i, I agree with most of what Mum said um i think the main thing now is like i just want to see more of this film more footage more more anything but yeah i'm very positive um
3: after the panel ended uh one of my thoughts in my head was should i just go onto twitter right now and just go you know at i think it's what is it uh a KOTZ movie or whatever and just go trailer win. (laughs) I wanted to start like a trailer win thing. And I was like, I was like, it seems a little rude, but I'm like, I kind of want to see a trailer. And the fact that I could say, oh, I went to a, you know, a panel discussing an anime adaptation and I want to see a trailer, I think speaks volumes, considering the fact that like, while I am a bit of a B movie aficionado, there's certain movies, especially when it comes to adaptations that like, I won't forgive certain things. And, you know, I can watch uh dragon ball evolution as a bad movie. Night movie c- is assuming that there's alcohol involved, uh, <laughs> but I don't consider it a dragon ball themed movie. I consider it just a punch. Kick guy has to fight other punch, kick guys um, because that's all it is. And, you know, the aforementioned Chris the North Star I can also watch as just like a, a cheesy B action movie. But there's certain there's certain adaptations and stuff that have come along that I'm like, you you just got your finger so far off the pulse of what this is supposed to be. And this isn't just anime things that this, this is books, comic books, uh, many TV shows, you know, older TV shows that got remade It's like, we need to make it dark and gritty for reasons. And I'm like, OK, that's a choice. And so you have know, certain things will it just will cross a line with me and you know, I figure if I'd gone to a panel for any of those, I would have rolled my eyes afterwards. I'm like, guys, this is going to be terrible. It would have probably been the first thing I would have tweeted. On this one, the fact that my impulse was, I need to tweet trailer win. And and you know what, maybe I'll do that after this recording. <laughs> is enough for me to go in that mindset of like, wow, I, I kind of am excited. Or at least, uh, you know, yeah, excited. I guess that's the right word. I'm a little excited about see- seeing how this is going to turn out. Just because I like the enthusiasm. Of of the the crew and the cast and the action looks like it's gonna be awesome, so yeah. All right, then Thank you so much
0: for t- thank thank you so much for you for you guys for appearing here on the on, on the show. It was really really good to have you guys. I mean, to actually have the team manga mavericks here I've been wanting to have them for a while. But I know they were like one of the earliest podcasts that so feels a shout out for when we when we first started the podcast when it was just me by myself. So. I do really appreciate that. Now we've come full circle and we are actually now got you guys here to do something here. And uh, hopefully in the future I can get you guys to come back here and we can do something else in a more proper in a more proper um way later on.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, thank you for having us. Yeah, I mean when you first started the podcast, I was just so excited to see someone start up like a Saint The in the English language space and you know, it's it's been fun to follow along your stuff, and, and also, yeah, I mean, I, I just love talking St. C in general, and I was great to have just an opportunity to do so. I'm always happy to come on for more Great Saiyan Discussions.
0: Alright, so before we leave, why don't we, get, why don't we start off with, like, your promotion and stuff like that. So, um, um, Jared, do you have anything you want to promote? Anything that you're doing so far? That you guys want to, that you want to put up out there?
3: Yeah, um, I do a YouTube channel called Dapper Bard Games. Uh, one of the things I do on there is discussing uh, mythology, and I have a whole set of mythology videos. Currently, I'm looking at the uh, twelve signs of the zodiac uh, as they come across. Although I'm a little bit behind because of computer snafu, but that's okay. It is being fixed. The stuff is recorded. Those videos will be up soon. In addition to that, I have a couple other little random uh, things I've covered already. Uh, In addition to that, if you want to watch me and my brother play through Final Fantasy X, you can do that on our Twitch channel, Dabber Bards Tavern. And of course, uh, probably should promote some of the Scarlet Rhapsody stuff. You can find it anywhere. Just look for at Scarlet, usually underscore Rhapsody. Uh, We cover conventions and all sorts of different events as well. So yeah, I think that covers it.
0: All right, Team Manga Mavericks, what, what do you guys have to promote? What's up with you guys coming? What's up with you guys happening? Um, what, is, what, what are you guys up to um, that you guys want to promote?
1: Well, uh, collectively, we are up to a lot. So if you want to find me personally, you can find me at Lom Ramayasha on Twitter, uh, where, you know, when I go to cons, I make sure to tweet uh, out, pan, you know, treads for all the panels I go to. Uh, you know, funny enough, Diego Tinoco liked uh, and retreated my say a tread uh, just as we were recording this this podcast. So, uh, yeah, you can it's find so awesome. a lot of my stuff on there. Uh, and also, of course, I host the Manga Arts Podcast, which you can find on pretty much any podcast platform where a podcast discusses manga as a medium and as an industry, we do interviews with folks working in the manga industry and uh, in localization, and artists themselves. We also cover series new and old, like we've covered Saint Seiya. I had on the editor and the translator of the series for Viz Media to talk about the series, and uh, it was really fantastic discussion. I actually just uh, met Shannon in person last weekend too, which was a really fun experience. But yeah, no, if you want more Seiya discussion. Uh, check that out. And also check out our Patreon. Patreon.com. slash my first day a discussion. Because my co-host Colton, who uh, hadn't read the series before, uh, you know, he went through it two volumes at a time in a series on our Patreon. And uh, it was fun to hear his thoughts as he was going through it and just reacting to it just piece by piece step at a time. So... Yeah, definitely uh, check that out if you want some more you disc- And also on all sorts of classic manga. You know, we talk about uh, Dragon Ball, we talked about Devil Man, we've talked about. Like, see everything uh, you can talk, we you can think of, uh, including like uh, recent stuff too, like Demon Slayer, which is a good say, way to uh, Wheeler, but actually, also, I do another podcast called Lum Squad, which is a podcast devoted to your Seiyatra, my favorite series, uh, and the wonderful Wacky World of you know, Robo Kakashi's works, uh, and so you can find that on Twitter at Lum underscore squad and also on every podcast platform you can think of, uh, and yeah, also, oh, I am a Artist and illustrator, so you can find
2: my art on Instagram at Artworks.
1: But yeah, I'll turn it over to you, we lord for your stuff.
2: Uh, yeah, so I guess to start with, I am primarily involved with Manga Mavericks on the writing side over on our website, mangamavericks.com. So if you want to look at some nice manga and light novel reviews, you can go over there and check out my writing. And then I also write editorials for faithful.com so you can check out that as well. Uh, but besides that, I do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> for some reason, the biggest of which is the Demon Slayer podcast where we talk about the anime and manga Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba and that's on Twitter at D Slayer Podcast. and then I do a bunch of other podcasts focused on like Shaman King, shugaku manga then a General Manga Podcast and you can find those all on my Twitter bio on Twitter at VLordGTZ where I just kind of talk about all the manga I'm collecting and how I don't sleep that much.
0: <laughs> all righty, then. Uh, thank you so much. Let me, let me promote my wares here. Of course, you can find the podcast over at stcosmocast.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes archived, including this one, and also all of our show notes as well. You can get more information about the podcast and, all, and everything else about the podcast. You can find over at our official website at stcosmocast.com. That's also where you can also find ways to to like, listen to it on the website if you don't have access to, like, listen to, like, a podcast. Or if you do and you want to find a way to, like, subscribe, there's also going to be links there as well on the website as well. You can also listen to my other podcast, the, S, um, the, the Saturday Morning Squadron. We are going to do a special, like, we, we, did a, we did an episode last week on Mecha, pretty much Mecha anime in general, with, our, with two, of my, two of my best friends, Stan and uh, Knox. Hey, um they they were really cool and they were really they're really resourceful and we, we got to have a, like a little bit of a mini reunion because we do a lot of other podcasts way back when so it was good to have a little mini reunion with that and this and also this week because like i am a maniac i am gonna rec- i'm gonna record another podcast with uh, a special podcast about everything that was uh, happening at san diego comic-con because holy moly there's a lot of things i want to cover because I, I saw a lot of toys i saw a lot of things that just that came out to me, and I want to, I want to talk about it. So if you're interested in anything in pop culture or anything in, in general, like classic like classic 80s toys or comic books or whatever, you can check out my other podcast at Saturday Morning Squad, and there should be a link on the description. Well, alrighty then, folks. For Jared, for Team Manga Mavericks, I am Ramsey's here to tell you all to please to keep burning that cosmos out, everybody, and I will see you next time. Bye! Nara.